This is History Replays today, the Richmond History Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Jeff Major. I hope you are having a fantastic day. This is episode 45. It is part two of my conversation with Ed Peoples. Ed Peoples is a human rights activist, emeritus professor at VCU, and the author of Scallywag, A White Southerner's Journey Through Segregation to Human Rights Activist. Fascinating book. If you haven't listened to the first part of the conversation, uh, go back and check out episode 44. Um, it's really interesting, but, but before you go back to episode 44, um, or if you've already listened to part one, episode 44, uh, I do have a note from the corrections desk. I did say on the last episode in the introduction that he was a witness to the event that became known as the Richmond 34. Uh, Ed listened and he set me straight. He, he actually sent this email, um, and this is, this is from Ed's email, just to make sure that I'm, I'm clear here. Um, the Richmond 34 is an expression created about the Virginia Union students characterized when they were arrested at Tallheimer's on Monday, February 23rd. I was not there. I could not get off work. But I was there uh, and participated in the initial sit-in on Saturday, February 20th, when no one was arrested. Uh, It seems to me that your passage gives the impression that I was an eyewitness or a spectator, and I don't think that describes my experience, which is covered in my book, pages 77 to 81. Uh, All of that is true. I did actually misspeak, uh, and I don't think I actually gave the wrong impression. I think I just flat out said the wrong thing, um, uh, which is somewhat embarrassing since I did actually read the book. But, you know, we all make mistakes, isn't it? That's the way, that's the way life is. Um, but you should also read the book. It's really interesting. Um, all right, so uh, now you can go back and stop this podcast and this episode and go back and check out episode 44, the previous episode, and I'll pause for a minute while you listen to that, and I'm sure you're all back now. Uh, I am going to say that we, we do ramble a little bit more uh, on this, uh, this, this section of the conversation, um, you will hear that I had no intention of taking up this much time. Uh, we, we almost stopped a few times, and then we carried on and kept talking about other stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, this, this section is a little bit more rambly. Hopefully, you'll still find it interesting. Um, so if you do, let me know on Facebook, History Replays Today, Twitter, at History Replays, on Tumblr. Um, like all those pages, Instagram. Uh, I, you know, I will also post updates, uh, about the show. Uh, I will ask questions, uh, just, just yesterday, uh, for an upcoming episode about, uh, Masonic Hall, uh, down on Franklin, Franklin Street, which is, uh, the, the first building in America built as a Masonic Lodge, um, in the, the 1780s, uh, ask for questions and you could get your question read, asked to one of my guests, uh, I also do uh, on this day in Richmond history um, and old photos of, of the greater Richmond area as well. Um, so like those pages, do that. 
Ed, uh, as of recording this, did not have any uh, definite upcoming events. He said he told me there was a couple of of appearances he was going to be making that were not 100% um, concrete yet. Um, so if you want to go hear him speak or contact him or get the book, which you should, it's fantastic. Um, go down to your local bookstore to get the book, uh, or you can find out more information at edpeoples.com, and that is E-D-P-E-E-P-L-E-S.com. E-D-P-E-E. P-L-E-S, edpeoples.com, edpeoples.com, you'll find out all the information you would ever want to know about Ed Peoples uh, and where you can see him and where you could find want to find out more information if you wanted to find it out. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get to the conversation here with Ed, um, and again, this is somewhat of a continuation of what we were talking about Um but I got really interested in, you know, what is, and I said logic, uh, what were the however shaky um, intellectual pillars that uh, um, this endemic racism and segregation were actually built on? Um, that, to me, is a, an interesting thing. It's, it's hard to imagine someone actually making a decent argument uh, for generally the country to go along with. Um, so I started out this section talking about that. And I guess like speaking on that, I mean, so there's a, there's a, a you know, a full language that, you know, the, in, in a, um, the, the story of, of what keeps this, this idea afloat. Right. So what are the actual like, what um, idea to float? Um, the, the segregationist um, idea, right? Yeah. So, um, the, I mean, what are the actual, right? Well, well, obviously they're illogical, but what was their logic of like, why can't black people, you know, why are they inferior? You know, it was there, was there <laughs> well, an actual first of, thing first that was of all, laid out? First of all, there was a lot of ideology, uh, from, from the, uh, so-called intellectual, I put them in quotes, sure. intellectual races. Uh, Kilpatrick was famous for this. Mm -hmm. uh, James Jackson Kilpatrick, first at the News Leader and then at, uh, in, uh, in a, a neo-racist way uh, for the conservative journal, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, that, uh, that he went to later. Uh, the conservative journal still exists. And, and uh, I'm trying to think of Buckley's journal. Right, right. He went to work for him, and Buckley was a racist too, in lots of ways. But they were very sophisticated. They, right. And, and and they would try to mount arguments like statistics of achievement, sure, you know, things like that. And uh, then there was this famous book. But uh, in Kilpatrick, I didn't actually realize you were talking about. That's the basically the guy that Chevy Chase. Used to imitate. On, I don't remember Chevy Chase imitating, but like it, it would be he, easy to do because so. he went on to do what sixty minutes. Yeah, he did. And, and, yeah, and, he kind of became. He was accepted as normal. In right. one time, I picked up the New York Times book. Uh, I mean, uh, magazine, and there he was with eight uh, others called the elite journalists of America. He, right. He was a total fraud. He, uh, there's a long story but, on him. If you want to know, there, there's a book on uh, 
Hershit wrote a book I was a little part of. Uh, people have written books and they always come to see me if it's got Prince Edward or uh, Civil Rights in Virginia or something. I get a lot of traffic. It's wonderful. I love talking about it. But uh, he, uh, Hershit wrote a book and now uh, my friend who is a collaborator on this book uh, knows all about Kilpatrick. His name is uh, 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 Jim, um, my, my collaborator on the book who wrote the afterward. Uh, oh, right. Jim, um, Jim Hirschman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, there's a long story about his evolution. Sure. But he wasn't the only one. Right. There was a whole, there was a whole uh, industry of white supremacy literature. Mm -hmm. uh, I could just name a few uh, that that uh, produced materials which the White Citizens Council used all over the South, and Kilpatrick was quoted a lot. He was used. He visited the Deep South and uh, and, and started fires there. Mm -hmm. And th there was another book uh, uh, called uh, Race or Reason. Uh, a Yankee View. That was a very influential book. One time I went down to the library at Rich, Richmond Library and saw those 17 copies of it on, available hmm. in, the, in the file and only only one was on the shelf. Yeah, that's amazing. So they, people were borrowing it like crazy. Yeah, yeah. In, in the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> list there was 17 copies. That's amazing. And uh, Man, I can't even get one copy of my book in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so th that that was a that was the handbook of people, and so they they didn't have to they didn't have to argue. They didn't have to have a coherent. All they do would 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 hand you the book. The ones who use books, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a certain class of races. Uh, on the fringe of intellectual racism, if you want sure. to call it that. Intellectual just means they mounted arguments. Other people just, they, they just uh, spit out their gut. Right, you yeah. Know? But I'm talking about the people who mounted arguments or used arguments. All they would do is hand you Kilpatrick's uh, book on the Southern case for school segregation mm -hmm. and the other books and articles he wrote, or Putnam's uh, Putnam's book, Race or Reason, A Yankee View. Because okay. he was like a scientist. He, he called himself a scientist. Mm -hmm. uh, and W.C. George, a biologist at Chapel Hill, put out papers that were called science. It's called Scientific Racism. There's several nice books about scientific racism. Right. And, uh, and, and so uh, I studied the ideology for a long time and my master's thesis is full of it about how how that influenced the Prince Edward uh, support of keeping the schools closed in Prince mm -hmm. Edward about who influenced them. I had I wrote a master's thesis at Penn uh, and and it was finished in 63 and became sort of a a working paper for or a briefing paper for the Kennedy administration. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they were embarrassed, they were they were lecturing the Soviet Union about oppression of their people, and here we had a school system closed for at that point three four years, right? Three years, and, uh, and they were really embarrassed. And so finally, the Kennedy administration acted, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, people tell me, well, the Cuban cri- uh, Missile Crisis was keeping him occupied. I said, God damn, he had a lot of had a lot of people in his administration. They could have been working full time on domestic civil rights, and they wouldn't. A lot of these fires wouldn't have been started if he'd just done it. So I'm not a great lover of uh, of Kennedy. I thought they were opportunists in a lot of ways. Robert Kennedy is a little better because he he sort of went to West Virginia, learned there was poor people. He learned it was poor people, right. and and most of them are white, right. and uh, God, and so if there's a lot of poor people, and then he said, he finally figured out hey, you're not supposed to close close the school, so he went to Prince Edward, and he, and now people celebrate him. They have books about him. Everybody loves Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I, I that's nice, but he was a convert, right? You know, and converts like me become vociferous in their yeah. views. And I, I guess, uh, I, guess uh, uh, I, I celebrate what he did at the end, mm-hmm. but why didn't he do it first? Why right. didn't they do it? If they were so virtuous, why weren't they? Right. Where was the virtue in the beginning? Sure. I mean, the day they didn't, uh, I mean, after the first year, people knew what was happening. And, um, the I would love to. I'm just looking at. We've, we've been talking for a long time already. The, um, I mean, the, the the work that you did with the school. I mean, it's in the it's in the book. It's fast. You know, I Prince wish. We, yeah, if we had time to get into that, I mean, I think it'd be fantastic. Um, the, I guess one of the things. Did you actually work with Oliver Hill and Spotswood Robinson? Uh, in, in a how, way. In a way. In okay. a way. What I would did. I was. I was sort of uh, a spy. Right. Okay. In, in a way, every I, I I interviewed white people. I had a name that was akin to an established Southside Virginia family. Actually, we came from a common ancestor. Then Peebles Department Stores, P E E B L E S, is uh, uh, we have a common ancestor, and I have a uh, the, the reason I have a P instead of the B in the middle of the name is because. One of my ancestors had a dispute with his um, father over whether they would support the American Revolution or not. Mm-hmm. And so he went down to the courthouse and changed the spelling of his name, the son did. And so we, my line became the Peoples, P-E-P-L-E-S, and William S. Peoples in Brunswick County remained uh, P-E-E-B-L-E-S. So that gave me respectability among the white races. So I would go into these communities, interview. I discovered plots of murder. That's how I got into Prince Edward and got inside information mm-hmm. and, uh, and so forth. And I would take it to people who could do something about it. Okay. And one of, two of those people were S.W. Tucker and, uh, and Oliver Hill. Mm-hmm. And and uh, later Henry Marsh, mm-hmm. and so I would share what I found out, and they they were grateful, and I, so I had a good relationship with them. But I I wouldn't say I was a key. But player. I mean, but I mean these, I mean, but you got to know them, right? I mean, what's what, oh yeah, like, S. W. Tucker I didn't know as well. By the right. way, we got his papers, uh, some of his papers at PCU too. Right, because I'd like to talk but to, to Oliver Henry Hill, Marsh. Oliver Hill was. Uh, 
I knew much better. And okay. then I knew successive generation. I knew uh, Henry real well. Henry, mm -hmm. I did projects for Henry. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after him is uh, is uh, uh, Jim uh, became a judge. He was sort of what Henry called the mopping up of the civil rights cases. You know, uh, Henry says that uh, that the last case never was finished until the late '80s. Sure, right. Um, is it finished? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, no, they do. Think, uh, new issues and new, new right, sure. Uh, new issues deserving of new cases, mm -hmm. but but the wrinkles are different and the court is different. Right, and we're we're going to be get some setbacks. We're struggling for, uh, you know, there's a nostalgia abroad. Uh, we want the '50s back, mm -hmm. and everything about the '50s was lovely. They say, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, well, I've seen TV. It huh? was great. Huh? It was great. I've, I've watched TV before. It was fantastic, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. The beaver and everything. Yeah. You know, beaver. what's wrong with that? Right. Everything's great. <laughs> I know. And so, and you didn't have to look at black faces on television. Right. And I remember that occurring uh, when I was in the Navy. I remember the first um, controversy. I read a letter to the editor of the paper. I, I used to get the Times Dispatch over there <laughs> at Great Lakes. And, and this woman was outraged that a black person was on on a TV, and she, I, and it went over and over again the letters to the editor. Oh my God, that's crazy! But so the letters to the editor now, uh, we have a little bit of counter argument going on, but not not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, the apathy, you know, the pandemic of apathy at the polls is, mm -hmm. uh, crushes crushes some of the. Uh, this uh, bending of progress before ju of justice, bending the what's it called the orb, uh, not orbit, uh, what what's uh, King's remarkable quote. Anyway, uh, it's kind of interrupting our progress as a as becoming more and more democratic. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Like I said, we've been talking. For, is there anything uh, that we, we did not cover? Like, a, I don't know, anything we should well, cover? Well, uh, I, people think of me as nothing but a civil rights person. Mm -hmm. I had a career in medical, uh, medical behavioral science. Mm -hmm. I have a PhD in uh, the field of, uh, in which human behavior is linked to biology, human biology. Mm -hmm. And, uh, something that was neglected and it sort of paralleled desegregation and the opposition to it was very similar mm -hmm. and I taught medical students for 30 years yeah. and, and uh, they behaved at first just like segregationists did they would uh, they, when I put up a slide on the data about how how uh, uh, human behavior uh, which causes, uh, which is involved as a cause uh, or a complication uh, or a consequence of disease or injury. Mm -hmm. uh, when I put a slide up on my in my lectures and so on, they might throw coffee cups at the 
TV monitor <laughs> that way, and, uh, and and put fake slides in it, call it BS. It had a bull with BS behavioral science. BS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I was a I don't know. Uh, I think of myself as sort of a pioneer. There, I was the only person at MCV that did that, and people uh, somewhere uh, some would laugh at what I did, and some would uh, would just be militant, and some gave me the silent treatment. And now, my the things I taught and worked with, did research on, they have departments. Hmm. They have departments that. That I and I helped start the masters in public health there. I wrote all the, the position, the uh, feasibility papers, and, right. uh, studies, and uh, so that's a part of me that people don't really know about, and I'm very proud of. And it's it's uh, covered in the book a little bit as sure. well. And uh, Scalawag is uh, is my long story. Right. Um, Fifty years or more. And I'm still writing today, and I have these uh, stories that didn't get published. I would love to uh, find a place to put them. Uh, some are funny. There's one about this, about uh, uh, there's a couple that involve staying even in an uneven world. Yeah. <laughs> you know my political uh, philosophy of uh, of. Um, Things aren't fair, so you do what you can just so you don't hurt anybody. Right. And you don't do it against any of you. You do it only against people who have advantages over you. Mm -hmm. Don't hurt anybody near you or like you. Sure. Uh, only people with uh, inherited advantages. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would love to. I would love to uh, have a. Because I think uh, people have read some of these stories. Um, are entertained by them. I have one about the mosque, mm -hmm. uh, what the mosque, and, and what it was used for in my time. And, sure. And and uh, also it's and, and what about what, what was what was it used for? Was it, well, briefly, well, it was used for that. everything. It was our yeah. only city auditorium for the right, longest sure. kind of time. It was used. Uh, uh, it was not only entertainment and political rallies and so on, but it was also where the. Uh, where the Harlem Globetrotters played on yeah. the stage, can you believe? That's amazing. They had the circus on the stage in there. Right. And I had that story, these are story, and uh, El Eleanor Roosevelt came there and gave the award to uh, the NAACP uh, award that's kind of famous, I can't remember what it's called, uh, to uh, who was the great soprano who got denied. Right. Uh, to sing in, uh, uh, in D.C. Right, and then she ends up singing at... Uh... Yeah. She she was uh, she came there, and we had this wonderful man. And Eleanor Roosevelt gave her the... It gave her... Yes, yes, and it was a ceremony. Right, at the mosque? At the mosque. Why would it be here? Because uh, she would... Uh, because it was the NC, NAACP convention here, and it was Got assembled it. at the mosque, and uh, I think it was in the 30s. Right. Anyway, it's in my little story, but it's not in the book, because we didn't have room for it. I had sure. to cut 
because uh, you had to keep it I had to keep it on around 200 pages right and it would have been 500 if I had my way <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, there was this wonderful man I don't know if you've seen or uh, there's a famous picture of uh, of a woman being dragged across the street from Tallhammers uh, God her name will come to Tensley, Miss mm -hmm. Tensley, by two policemen with dog, police dog mm -hmm. with them. You've probably seen it. It was in Life magazine. Right. It was a back page or somewhere very prominent. It became famous. Uh, we have a, I have a personal story with it that goes with it, but uh, we won't have time to tell right now. But uh, her husband, Dr. Tensley, was a dentist, black dentist. And he was head of the local chapter of uh, NAACP. Mm -hmm. He was a remarkable man, too, uh, before Pikett and before Happy Lee in that era. And he fought to desegregate the mosque. Okay. And uh, I think it was his doing that got that convention here. Okay. And he fought tooth and nail to do it, and that's a little bit of a mention in my story about that. Mm -hmm. So I think people would enjoy uh, some of the history and some of my tongue-in-cheek thoughts about it. I some of it I I uh, skip into uh, semi-fiction. At the end of the one on the, I'll keep I'll keep this uh, till it's published uh, a secret. Okay. But there is a. Amusing ending to the story. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, if there are publishers listening to this, oh, yeah. contact Evan Peoples. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, Easy to do. You, know, you call the archives and, and at VCU and they'll get you in touch with me. They'll do uh, it. Also, www.edpeoples.com. Dot com. There's there a way go. to connect with me there. And you can see all kind of juicy stuff about the book, about mm -hmm. my co my uh, collaborators on the book, and some uh, evocative pictures that you might see. Uh, uh, no sex, just violence. <laughs> That's not fun at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> not much important. Another boring uh, accomplishment of Ed people. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, well, I wish we could, we could keep on going on forever, but I think yeah. uh, we're going to bore people to death here. Yeah. Um, if, it gets, if it gets too long, I think people might start losing interest. Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate it. This is really awesome. Um, and uh, maybe we can do it again. Yeah, I love, I love um, it. And uh, so. you know what's great about, about talking to you and this, I have several other people is they know so much background information. It means you don't have to stop and dwell on on the basic facts sure. about the metro area and uh, it means you get into the richer uh, or the more details well, I hope things. so hopefully, hopefully, we, we, yes. hopefully we did something interesting yeah, here, right? yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a great thing about your interview you're so informed about it and I love, I love your uh, blog I, I would try to read it more often than, uh, because you do varied things I'm interested in a lot of stuff Besides what I do, sure, and uh, and so to so and you you uh, have this breadth that's nice. Well, I appreciate it. Um, the uh, I'll tell you if you listen to the last one was one of my favorite ones with uh, um, about uh, the the exhibit at the Library of Virginia that just opened the uh, To Be Sold. Oh yeah, I gotta um, go see that. Yeah, it was, it was really I, I thought it was a great. Who did you talk to? 
um, uh, Greg Kim- Campbell Greg from Campbell. Um, and then and also the hey, he's a buddy um, of mine. Yeah, and also the the curator. Um, uh, oh my God, Maury, Maury McInnes. Who's I don't a, know. Um, she's a professor at uh, um, UVA, and uh, um, she wrote a book uh, about. Um, the abolitionist art um, and the slave trade, uh, and, and the the exhibit is basically she basically revolved the exhibit around these paintings. Um, these uh, 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 this guy Crow who painted these made these paintings of slaves waiting to be sold here here in Richmond. Yeah, um, and it, it's really fascinating. The uh, a lot of the marketing that went along with it of you know dressing them and putting you know earring gold earrings and you know. Um, the I guess the the flim flam that I got like, kept that yeah. that logic afloat as well, which yeah. I think is uh, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a hard thing for um, you know somebody my age to think that any of this is real. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but then when you really get consider, if I had been born a few years earlier, I could have gone to a, an all white school. To me. Half, it just doesn't what year were you born? A uh, seventy-six, uh-huh. right? So it it just doesn't. I mean, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? Well, I ha- you have to to appreciate the continuity of history. You have to recreate it the period that you weren't there. You know the antecedents of what you knew. Sure. And that's what I've had to do about about uh, the first half of this century, first third of the. 20th century mm-hmm. and the 19th century and then uh, with Ted, my friend Ted I got right back to the early uh, uh, you know 17th century mm-hmm. and I've just kind of been so inundated with it I kind of feel what it was like then to be a white indentured I could have been a white indentured servant sure. and I could have stood stood at uh, West Point side by side with a black trying to fight the governor's troops right who had come all the way from England we could have beat them right we could have beat them then that in 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 uh, 1676 the first american revolution right. and uh, they, they Ted was really. a great was a great fan of uh, of uh, bacon mm-hmm. and uh and so uh, when when he died, we we uh, had a. He wanted his ashes to go in the York River, mm-hmm. at Port West Point. So we went down there and I set up a. I got the, somebody to put up a tent for us, and it rained like hell. <laughs> and people came from all over the East Coast, who were friends of his, mostly intellectual, uh, race, white race students. So. And admirers of his invention of the white race. We had a wonderful ceremony there, and we went waded out into the uh, York River and cast his um, cast his um, ashes, and it blew back in our face. Oh no! <laughs> so I carried Ted Allen right everywhere. <laughs> That's I, fantastic. I inhaled Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted Allen. So if you ever pick up that book. Invention of the White Race. I really, or or look on it on the web okay. because there's wonderful interviews with him mm-hmm. and uh, Theodore W. Allen. Okay, and uh, you will enjoy that. You may uh, 
uh, people in Richmond, there are certain people who have uh, picked up on a study of it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know about it. They, it you know, it's centered in more uh, progressive communities. Sure. New York has a circle of people mm -hmm. uh, that New York City, and so uh, we had the we had one ceremony for him at the Brooklyn uh, uh, Library, the main library in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and the other ceremony at West Point, and we and we had a big deal of it, and. Um, so, uh, Ted was a big influence on a lot of people because he saw that uh, he made the, um, he, he was, uh, uh, showed the evidence that there, in the public records mm -hmm. from the first 60 or 70 years of, of the colony, there was no mention of the word white. Right. There were no white people. You could have been English, you could have been Dutch, you could have been African, you could have been uh, whatever, but you couldn't be white. And uh, and so when they they mostly uh, used the term Christian, right? Am I? Uh, well, they used Christian to be a, a synonym, mm -hmm. but but there were some converts, you know. Sure. And and uh, uh, among the Africans. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. The and Christian. I, yeah, because that's what I understand is that that's when that. Um, and I, I could be totally wrong, but from, from what I understood is that's that's basically the switchover when it goes from um, Christian to white is when they're you know because you have these parallels where it's saying oh you should baptize this you know slaves and make them Christian to save them and then you say well hold on if you're saying Christian are you, you talking make about another me distinction. or are you talking about my slave? Yeah, I think and, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. yeah, excellent point. Um, yeah, but uh, we were looking, we were thinking of it as a, a irrefutable, concrete part of nature, you mm -hmm. know, races. Sure. It's closed. Each of the races are closed, you right. know. There's five of them or there's three of them. Or right. <laughs> and the, the racist theorist, racism, uh, pro-racist theorist would, uh, you know, have the, the specific closed system and uh, an amalgamation was a horror mm -hmm. and all the rest. So uh, Ted was uh, was good at uh, taking a look at that and he also he did he did the foundations of this he, he studied the foundation in Ireland the English and the Irish and showed where the Irish uh, Protest uh, the Irish Catholics were black, in the sense, in the same sense. Right. And when they came to this country, they were first considered black. Black just meant inferior. Right. And uh, and of course they rose to the presidency. Sure. Right. Right. <laughs> These black people. So did the black people. Right. Yeah. The black black people. Right. Right. <laughs> but it didn't help our country much. Because people, so much, so many people hate him because he's black, and so many others are in collusion with the racists, and say, "Well, they, they, they're the ones that vote for me. So I, what I will do is pretend like I'm uh, that I hate his conservatism. I mean, his uh, liberalism. Right. And they become uh, so. Uh, that's that's tragic. He never got a crack at being a full president. Um. We got a, 
issue that I have a lot where uh, we got two people that like to talk. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off. I'm one of them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, that was it. Thank you very much, Ed Peoples. Uh, he gave me so much of his time. I thought it was really interesting. It was really fascinating. Um, I hope you also enjoyed it. Uh, if you did or didn't, let me know what you thought. History Replays Today is on Facebook, Twitter, at History Replays. It is on Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest. My goodness, wherever you can follow somebody, follow History Replays Today. Uh, Again, thank you very much, Ed. Check him out on his website, edpeoples.com, E-D-P-E-E-P-L-E-S.com. And haven't brought this up in a while. But if you're enjoying the show, why don't you uh, head over to uh, historyreplaystoday.org and, and make a little donation. That would be fantastic. Uh, or if you don't have any um, money to contribute, write a comment uh, or uh, write a review. Wherever you're listening to this, that would help out as well. Um, but, uh, you know, make it a great day.